welcome once again to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast presented by ITL Coaching and Performance. My name is George Darden. I am an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. As you know by now, on this podcast, we discuss issues of interest to the local, national, and international endurance communities. As we mentioned on the last episode of the podcast, the interview that we had and that we published on Sunday with Brent Pease and Paul Link, uh, we're releasing this week's podcast a little bit early. This week's podcast is the second half of that interview, or the second interview that's part of that series on the Kyle Pease Foundation, uh, and it's an interview with Kyle Pease himself. Um, Kyle had a lot of really interesting and uplifting things to say, uh, and as I mentioned at the end of the last podcast, he gives us some some really good insight uh, into a lot of the same stories that, that, that Brent and Paul told. Um, it's sort of like completing the picture. It's coming at it from a different point of view. Uh, I want to let the interview speak for himself, but I did want to rectify something that I got wrong on Sunday's podcast. Uh, as I mentioned that day, and as Paul mentioned several times, uh, he was part of a three-person relay that got J-Dude to the line at Ironman Florida. Uh, the other two people that were parts of that relay were John Rutledge, who did the swim, and Tim Myers, who did the run. Uh, both of them had to go through the same grueling uh, training regimen with J-Dude that, that Paul did. Um, both of those guys deserve a lot of credit for all the training they put in. Um, and they're also, just like Paul, uh, great people who do a lot for the, the Atlanta endurance community, and they deserve credit for everything that they do. So, that being said, without further ado... Let's kick it to Kyle and hear a little bit more about what he has to say about the Kyle Pease Foundation. So I'm here today with Kyle Pease. Kyle is a graduate of North Atlanta High School. It was a rival high school when I coached at Grady High School. I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, He's also a 2008 graduate of Kennesaw State University. Uh, He's done countless races, including six marathons and two Ironmans. Uh, Thanks for being with us, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, great. Uh, Kyle, when we talked to Brent last week, he talked a little bit about your sporting history. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, your sporting history? Yeah, it started um, at a really early age with both of my parents, um, who were big sports fans. They grew up up north, taught us the love of being a fan and what it was to, to be a fan. And so my mom taught us how to keep score. Uh, baseball, so we really grew up with baseball as the uh, the number one sport. So I really never missed the Braves game or 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 anything like that on on the superstation. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm dating myself a little bit, but <laughs> uh, yeah, never missed the game. At that time, the Cubs were always on in the afternoon. Um, so I used to watch you know, day baseball before the break, so it was great growing up with sports at the center front. So are you still, I know you're still a Braves fan, right? Yeah, yeah, it will be interesting this year. We have a lot of no-names no people <laughs> on the team besides Freddie Freeman, but um, I'll stick with them, but... I'm definitely more of a Falcons fan. All right, that's cool. Uh, that's cool. They're the number one sport team for me right All now. Right, right. Do you still watch the Cubs? Um, with, <laughs> with the, on the major network, okay. I do. 
But because of all my jobs now, right. I'm not at home in the afternoon. Oh, right, right. So, so it's not like not like it is with the Falcons where you don't miss a game, right? No. All right. Very good. Very good. And then, so you were a fan, and then you said you wanted to start playing sports yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, from the early days, my mom really wanted me to... to um, be a part of, be a part of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both my mom and my dad started to figure out ways in which I could participate in um, sporting events. So my, my mom and dad created, most of my mom created um, a character baseball league, mm-hmm. which is called all sorts of different names now. But that was just an opportunity for me to be out on the field and, and do what Evan and Brett have done for so many years. Right. So I was about seven years old mm-hmm. with that um, first started. Seven years old? Yeah, so that was my first introduction into play sports. That's, that's actually, that's a, most kids don't start much earlier than seven, you know? So I might have been a little bit older, but it mm-hmm. was definitely before I hit uh, double digits. Right. So. Yeah, very good. And then, of course, Brent told us a story about you getting thrown out on your first play. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, we, we tell that story a lot, you know, where we speak uh, to different groups. Um, but it was the first... Every game in the metro area, we had Skip Carey at the time, <laughs> came out and emceed and yeah. announced all the players and of course I was the leadoff um, batter and I was nervous, I had butterflies and you know, see Skip Carey call, call your name out, that's like a dream. So I hit the ball to shortstop. The guy threw me out by a large, um, <laughs> by a, a good amount. And I threw it back, and the umpire said, Son, you can take the base. Said, No, sir, that's not how you play the game. Right. And I guess went back to the dugout. Pop some gun in my mouth and <laughs> got ready for it to, to take the field. Right, right, very good. And then that that attitude of that's the way the game is played. So that's the way I want to play the game. Absolutely, I did. I didn't want any special, you know, any special. Oh God, what's the word? Special privileges or or anything like that. I just wanted to. To play the game the right way. Right on. The right way was to go back and, you know, wait for your next event or wait till you take the field and do your best. Did you uh, did you keep on playing baseball and other sports over the course of, like, your teen years and stuff like that? Absolutely. I, um, I joined a lot of different wheelchair um, teams, uh, wheelchair headball, uh, wheelchair track and field, um, wheelchair hockey, we could do really <laughs> cool. Um, was it on ice? 
No, it okay. was yes on the gym. Okay. Um, but wheelchair soccer, wheelchair hockey are um, one of my favorites. Cool. Track and field was good, but I guess after the once we got in the field a bit, I I lost interest really <laughs> quick. Um, but track was definitely up there too. Very cool. Very good. And so fast forward, then you finish up college. Brent does an Ironman in 2010 in Louisville, right? Yeah. And and you watched that and said, I want to be an Ironman. Yeah, I, you know, George, I want to back up because yeah. I really, I didn't know what Brent was doing. You mm-hmm. know, I knew Brent was, um, was exercising a lot more, but we would still go out to Taco Mac and, um, do God stuff and um, on Sundays you watch marathons of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until the summer that I really grasped uh, what Brett was doing in 2010. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, oh gosh, please don't let Brett die. <laughs> uh, uh, or please don't let him pass out on the other course. And it, you know, because I thought to do one in these events, you would just go out and do it. I didn't know all the training or all the planning that went to an event. And so I um I went up to Louisville, and I really thought that I was pretty cool because it was the first time that I ever put my own hotel room, like, paid for gas and paid for the hotel room. Right. So it was really my first true vacation. I took one of my caretakers with me and uh, and we just hung out, did some more guys stuff, you know, did some drinking, did some sightseeing and all of that. And it wasn't till that Saturday when Brett's wife got out there or fiance at the time. I guess we could call it the wife. Um, and it wasn't till then that I really understood the magnitude of the event. Because she definitely was a little bit on edge. Obviously because she was nervous for Brett. It was the best for Brett. And I think we all wanted the best for Brett. And we get, didn't know how serious he took it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the, the day came. Uh, and now we get memorized by the whole environment yeah. of, of the event. And once Brett accomplished his goal, uh, we went back out there after that, um, after we had dinner. And what was so cool was at the very end of I'm in at 1155, mm-hmm. 1150, to see people give it their all 
and really fight the fight and fight the grind and fight the drive that they accomplish something greater than just a baseball game. They accomplish a dream of obtaining the the Ironman standards. Yeah. And what was so amazing to me was that's what I go through on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. You know, to fight my body through the spasms and through all the gyrations and all that of my cerebral palsy that I could relate to them and just I just felt so happy for them yeah. that they were able to finish the finish the race. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I was at that. Uh, I was at that event too. My wife. It was her first Ironman. God, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, and so I was. I was telling Brent this this, this last week, and, and I kind of want to get your take on it too. I was. Um, so I'm watching the same race you are, and it's like 100 degrees on the run, and it's just vicious, and people are like collapsing all over the place and everything. Yeah. And so it takes a special kind of crazy to look at that and say, I want to do that. Yeah. But that's exactly what I did, and that's exactly what you did. Um, and, and I think it's a particular special type of crazy for you. Because, because, because you were looking at what they did, and you related to it, and said, okay, I, I definitely want to try and do that too. Yeah. It was kind of like this city that we're in now. Yeah. We were just two people. Obviously, we were, we were in a restaurant, mm-hmm. so there was a lot more people, but I just felt that it was just Brent and I in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, took out all the other distracted people being in the restaurant, being happy for their loved ones. But I just started asking him all these questions. How did it feel? You know, what was the swim like? What was the bike like? And he only said very, very little answers because he was so tired. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, fair enough. You know, I need to know more, but you know, <laughs> I'll give you a couple of weeks. But my last question was a very important question. Um, was can people in wheelchair do Iron Man? And Brett was like, absolutely. So that's where all this journey started mm-hmm. in that little restaurant in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, we never went back. So it's been quite a journey and can't wait to see what's, what's out there for us. Right on. So how long did it take between... so? How long did it take between Brent feeling better and and that conversation in that little restaurant before y'all started saying, okay, let's let's start trying to make this happen? I would say two weeks to a month after um, the initial conversation mm-hmm. um, that everything got moving. Mm-hmm. And it got moving very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to call on uh, different organizations um, that our first stroller came from the Hoyt mm-hmm. um, Foundation. Yeah. And I'm sure that 
most of your listeners are aware of Dickie Ricoy. Yeah, uh, who are fabulous. They are amazing, yeah. and they are the pioneers. So mm-hmm. every time the hoys come up in a conversation, I absolutely tip my hat to them. Absolutely. Um, what they have done, what they have accomplished, is incredible. We, Brett and I are not the hoys. We will never be the hoys. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're trying to do is special in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always make that distinction mm-hmm. very clear because we're not trying to be them at all. Right, right. But still appreciating everything that they've done because, yeah, they are fantastic. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so, so had you and Brent, before that conversation in Louisville, had y'all ever done any races before? No. Okay, and so, so it was not just... Brent, you and I are going to do an Ironman together. Can you help me do this Ironman, or, or can you help me accomplish this goal? But it was also, I mean, it was blazing a whole new path in, in y'all's relationship, too, right? Right, absolutely. But Brett always said, you know, start small. Mm-hmm. So we started with the take cake right. at Charles Harris. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even have a huge choice. <laughs> I had uh, dress shoes on, mm-hmm. uh, and... Like a sweatshirt and a pair of pants. And because my arm spasms a lot, I had a golf cover over it to keep my hand from slapping the base of the stroller. Like the, like the sort of club? Like the, yeah, like, yeah. A, <laughs> like a big both cover for your Callaway or, right, or right. whatever you <laughs> play with. So, uh, yeah, so we looked really funny uh, but it was great it was cold uh, and I think our time was in the 45s or maybe closer to 50 but it was amazing to to, to be out there with uh, people that enjoyed the sport and like it I was getting used to the sport mm-hmm. so that's 2011 that was 2011 mm-hmm and then you did, y'all did Wisconsin in 2013, because I did that race too, right? right? And we did say eight, mm-hmm. say ethnic in 2011. Okay. So we went for Charles Harris, mm-hmm. um, which is a local race. Then we did Publix. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was our first half marathon. Okay. And then we went to say eight. Okay. I will be remiss. Um, that Evan, my twin brother, mm-hmm. did the first public with us and oh, did cool. the first triathlon with us as oh, well. Oh, very cool. But after that, he, um, it, it was his cup of tea. Yeah. And I mean, that was all due respect. Um, and so he dropped out, but he's very supportive of what we do and with the foundation. So. He's a big supporter of what we're all about. Right on, right on. And so, so you're learning how to do it, and and you're training, and you're kind of winding up your training in order to get ready for your first Ironman. Because um, y'all did it right. I mean, like like you said, Brent said, start small. So you start with a 10K. It's not like you just try to jump in an Ironman. So what kind of what kind of challenges did you start to face in training? What kind of things did you did you find out quickly that were going to be issues in the Ironman? 
that I had to drink water. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a big one for me. Just mm -hmm. my get to my daily life mm -hmm. uh, to drink more and more and more and more. Uh, and, and to get my diet right, mm -hmm. uh, to get used to being outdoors for eight, nine hours at a time, mm -hmm. um, to to just get a feel for the equipment, mm -hmm. uh, what it was going to be like to be in a kayak on, um, you know, rocky water, mm -hmm. and the bike. You know, I'm not used to. Sitting up in a in a um, in a in a bicycle like mm -hmm. straight up like that. Yeah. So how to get used to that? How to get used to um just just really the the atmosphere too. Mm -hmm. How to get ready for people yelling, cheering, and all that. So mm -hmm. just. Just stuff that I had to get acclimated to. Right, right. And then Brent had to get acclimated to to spending time with you and 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 all the equipment, all that sort of thing as well, right? Definitely. Yeah. So Brent talked about, and Paul talked about this too, since Paul did you know part of the Ironman with yeah, Justin, sure, and uh, with J Dude. I always got to correct myself and call him J Dude because yeah. I prefers it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but. Uh, both of them talked about how um, how it was uplifting to have uh, to have you there to have J Dude there. Can you talk a little bit about that? About like your role in the team? Yeah, I think. Uh, no, I never. I never give. I never like to give myself credit. Um, but I think my role is very unique. It's very special because we build each other up. When somebody is down, that's where they might say, come on, bodyguard. Uh, maybe we get it this way, Kyle. And so my job is just to keep them motivated, keep them pedaling, keep them picking up his feet when we're on the ground course or make sure that he's swimming in the right direction. <laughs> uh, they might be little things, but I think that they're big things and they definitely keep us going. And they add up. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, very good. So with that in mind then, talk to us about New York City last year. Because you know, we, talked to, we talked to Brent about it and he told us a story and talked about all the, the stress that was around that and Marine Corps and all that sort of thing. Then y'all go up there and it's going to be this race for the two of y'all. And then the wheel falls apart halfway through. Take from there. To to date, besides Iron Man, um, that one of my favorite races and one of my favorite memories of our of our team and what and what we're all about. It's the true definition or what determination is all about. Because we could have quit. Uh, but one thing about me, when I put my mind to something, I want to, I got wicked head on. So, with that, Brent was really negative during certain parts of the race. Uh, 
But that's when my goal came in. And I had to step up. Because if I didn't step up, I said we would have been off the course easily. Uh, because we definitely went through some really low parts of the day. And in the end, we really rallied together and pulled through. And the people that helped us, um, Amy and Cameron, um, who will be here next week yeah. uh, for the public. Cool. So that will be a very emotional reunion. Um, I can't speak for Fred, but I can definitely speak for myself. We are so, so grateful that they came to our, came to our side and came to our rescue. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't think physically, um, with the wheel broke, I don't think we could have done that race on our own. Right on. And so when you said Amy and Cameron? Yeah. When, so they're, they're coming down for Publix? Yep. What, are they, are they going to run with the Kyle P's athlete? Or what are they they gonna are. They're going to run. We teamed, them, we teamed them up with two of our athletes. So mm -hmm. it will be great. It will, the weekend is going to be the best weekend for the foundation, in my opinion. Yeah. How cool is that? So had they ever done anything like that before? No. So, so literally like halfway through the New York City Marathon, they suddenly realized that they're helping you out with that and inspired them enough that they actually want to be involved. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. That is very cool. That is very cool. So since you brought up Publix, let's talk about it. I know you said there's 28 athletes you'll have for Publix yeah. next weekend. Yeah. And then and on Facebook today, you, you said that it's your, your favorite race of the year. Yeah, because... Um, it's so much planning that goes into it, and we want our athletes to have the best time mm -hmm. possible. And you're in your, you're in your backyard, you're in your hometown, and we just want to roll out the carpet to the athletes and just say thank you for being a part of our growth mm -hmm. and helping them to reach their fullest potential. And that's the coolest part for me. Absolutely. So with that in mind, athletes reaching their fullest potential, I know that, uh, I know that Justin became the first non-Kyle P's, Kyle P's Foundation athlete. Yes, so the, fir yes. the first Kyle P's Foundation athlete to do an Ironman yes. that wasn't you, right? Yes. Is, is that something that, I mean, are there going to be other? Oh, yes. It was, it was great. Uh, being on the sideline yeah. and taking it all in again. It was like uh, 2010 all over again. <laughs> and I was so excited for him and he had a phenomenal race. Just a hiccup in the water, mm -hmm. um, but the bike and the, and the run porches were done so beautifully and with such elegant, elegant elegant and great and he just smiled the whole time and that's my personal mission for the Kyle Peach Foundation. It's when our athlete comes in 
to the foundation when they got the finish line. If they have a smile on their face, then we did our job for that athlete. Um, if they don't smile, um, or they didn't have a good time, and they verbalized that, then we need to look back at ourselves and at the foundation and see how we can make it better. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the athletes that I see, they do tend to have very uplifting experiences. Oh, they love it. Yeah, they <laughs> love it. Very cool. Very good. Very good. So speaking of like athletes in the future and all that sort of thing, let's talk a little bit about the future. Let's talk about the future of the foundation and the future for, for you, and like your next races. Let's start with you. Like, like, like what's, on, what's on your calendar for this year? Um, we're going to San Francisco to do Beta Breakers. Oh, cool. And I hear that's a, that's a special Absolutely. race in itself. Y'all going to put on a costume? Um, probably not. <laughs> um, probably we have to get all the people that do it. Right. Um, so that would be good to go to the, to the other coast to mm-hmm. see what they have to offer and soak up some beach time mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, we're hoping to do Kona, mm-hmm. of course, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but the P3 is another one, and we're hoping to have some more bits besides me and Gaydu, um, who've done it for the past two years together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping to broaden that horizon to tackle another obstacle. But I think we'll make it a lot of headway there. Mm-hmm. And the Latter Track Club has been outstanding to work with and they've been very, you know, cooperative of what we're trying to do and um we love what they're doing as well. So we're excited about that partnership. And then go back to Kona mm-hmm. uh, in October. Mm-hmm. Um that's one of my major um, goals is to do Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not this year, I know there will be a year that we'll be able to do it as brothers. Uh, and that's kind of icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, as far as the foundation goes, um, I would love to take it to other states and other parts of the world and um, let's share the inclusion message and our mission and break down more barriers Mm -hmm. um, and let each kid and each family experience what I have experienced, experienced what Justin or Gabriel has experienced, um, and all the wonderful families that we support. Um, take that to all other families across the United States and hopefully across the world one day. Right on. Very good. Kyle, thanks for being with me, man. And uh, thank you, George. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with all your endeavors. And uh, Kona is a good goal. 
you know, having done Kona, I can tell you it lives up to the hype. Yeah, I love your jacket too. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a, I wore this Ironman uh, Kona jacket just for you. So, so yeah, yeah, very good. Definitely, thank you. All right. And there you have our interview with Kyle Pease, uh, a super inspiring, fantastic guy all the way around, uh, and a fantastic athlete, two-time Ironman, multi-time marathoner. Um, I want to once again uh, mention that the reason why we moved this podcast to Wednesday is because the Kyle Pease Foundation is supporting 28 physically challenged athletes in this Sunday's Publix Marathon and Half Marathon. Um, they are using it as a fundraiser. Pretty much every single one of those teams is raising money uh, for the Kyle Found- Pease Foundation through that. Uh, I would encourage you to go to the Kyle Pease Foundation website. The link is on the show notes um, and and uh, give generously. Uh, the, the, the things that they are doing inside the endurance community, um, spreading the benefits of endurance athletics, the things that we all benefit from and that we all appreciate um, the enriching aspects of endurance sports. They're making sure that all of those benefits, all of those wonderful enriching things are available for a wider array of people. Uh, and that's something that I very much appreciate. Thanks again for joining us for the special Wednesday edition of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast. Don't forget to visit our show notes, mostpleasantexhaustion.blogspot.com. On there, there's a great picture of Kyle and another KPZ athlete that you should check out. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, at Pleasant Podcast, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast. Find ITL Coaching at itlcoaching.com or at Twitter, on Twitter, at itlcoaching, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash ITL Coaching and Performance. Don't forget about the other sponsor, my wife, the travel agent. She booked our travel to the New York City Marathon just the other night. Um, Our hotels, our planes, everything. So we're all set to go. Um, Facebook.com slash Casey Travel Planner MEV. Or, of course, you can just drop our line, Casey at UGA.edu. Thanks again. See you next Sunday. And good luck to all the Kyle Pease athletes running this weekend.